<coughs> so, good evening to all of you. Thanks for coming. And, uh, well, if you have any questions, we may speak a little bit about whatever you may consider interesting to ask about, to speak about. your name? Anita. Anita. Mm-hmm. Okay. First time here? No. no. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I'm seeing you or you were yesterday also, no? I don't remember. No. No. Okay. Last part I didn't understand. Well, she, she said, she, she's asking if this is the direction it could be if this is the Sri if this is the direction of the woman. What do you mean by the direction of the woman? Well, it's a few, and they are all men, and she is the only weibliche form, and I thought, well, maybe this is the way of the woman. She said, because there are four incomplete, and three of them are from men, and the Lakshmi is the only woman. And she, she thought maybe this is for the woman, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, there are four sampradayas, as you mentioned, four Vaishnava sampradayas. Uh, they are called Sri Sampradaya, uh, Brahma Sampradaya, Kumar Sampradaya, and Rudra Sampradaya. All these four are Vaishnav Sampradayas. Hmm? Here we are speaking about Vaishnavism. Hmm? And each of these four Sampradayas has, have, all, have also been like systematized by a particular Acharya. For example, regarding Sri Sampradaya, a very famous Acharya is Sri Ramanuja. Regarding Brahma Sampradaya, the famous Acharya there is Madhva. Regarding Rudra Sampradaya, famous Acharya there is Vishnu Swami. And regarding Kumar Sampradaya, the main Acharya there is Nimbarka. So now we don't have time to enter into details of each Sampradaya. We have many details enough in our own Sampradaya. <laughs> but of course we will share some words about the Sri Sampradaya this time. So, the Sri Sampradaya, yes, is connected to Lakshmi. And there is some similarities with our own philosophy. And there are some differences as well. First of all, let's speak a bit a brief about our, our own Sampradaya. No? 
our, the name of our sam, well, first of all, what's a sampradaya? <laughs> so, because sometimes devotees do not have very clear what's the idea of sampradaya. And, and they mistake the idea of sampradaya, parampara, mission. So, inside the Sampradaya, there are many Paramparas. And inside the different Paramparas, there, be, there may be many missions. So, the Sampradaya, let's call it, is a school of thought. Where a particular type of thought is being uh, delivered what we call Siddhanta a, a particular metaphysical conclusion about the Absolute a particular way of approaching God basically God is unlimited and even each approach for, for the different aspects of God are unlimited <coughs> So in our tradition we worship Vishnu, Krishna. <coughs> so inside Vaishnavism, the worship of Vishnu, uh, there are also different approaches. So those we find in the four Sampradayas, Vaishnava Sampradayas. <coughs> also Sampradaya, the word Sampradaya means to give something fully. <clears throat> so each Sampradaya will deliver a particular pers- full perspective of God. A particular type of knowledge and revelation to approach God in a particular field motion. So even though in our case we come from the Brahma Madhva Sampradaya, because Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was officially initiated in that line. And at the same, at the same time we call our Sampradaya Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. And if we had to choose one of those three words, Brahma Madhva Gaudiya, generally we choose Gaudiya. So, the main connection, in, the main influence in our line is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Actually, some people say that Sri Chaitanya took two main points of each of the four Sampradayas and made his own Sampradaya. But, uh, we say the opposite. The four Sampradayas took two points from Mahaprabhu and they put in there Sampradaya. Mm-hmm. Well, the point is that even though we are connected with Brahma and Madhva, our main influence and connection is with Sri Chaitanya. <coughs> and, and also we have very many similarities with other Sampradayas, as I said, different points. When you see our our lineage of parampara, you you won't only find our gurudevs, uh, Mahaprabhu, Madhvacharya. All of them will be there, of course. <laughs> but, but you will also even find people from other sampradayas. <laughs> Samprad- Ramanuja Chari is there, for example. So his contribution is appreciated, even though it's a, per- a different school of thought. <laughs> but, but, but in one way, he has contributed to the evolution of theism <laughs> that naturally unfolds through history. <clears throat> so, in the case of Brahmanujacharya and the Sri Sampradaya, this is a very old school of thought, uh, mainly established in South India. So, 
this tradition mainly originates, the main scriptures in this tradition, of course they study Veda, Vedanta, Bhagavatam, which are many common revelations, I mean, of course. So we, but also there is a particular type of writings, a particular influence that comes in this Sri Sampradaya coming from a series of, series of people called the Alwars. So the Alwars were uh, a group of, let's say, mystic poets. <laughs> mystic poets who were walking here and there and singing in love with God, singing Kirtan, no? Kirtan. Alvars, Alvars, es el nombre del, no, este tipo, de este grupo de, de poetas místicos. Sí, Alvars se traduce. So these Alvars were like totally, let's say, intoxicated people in love for God, singing and dancing, very similar to what Mahaprabhu did some years later. <laughs> And they're composed, now I cannot remember, but I think like thousands of songs. Many. Many. Kirtan. And, and all of these are a very important aspect of the Sri Sampradaya. These compositions, these scriptures. So this is from thousands of years ago, many thousands of years ago. So after the hours appeared... Uh, Ramanujacharya, who is like the main one who took all this, let's say, mystic madness of the other words, <laughs> and in one sense he ordered that a little bit in, into a whole system of philosophy. And of course the tradition continues still today, it's very strong, especially in South India. So in, interestingly, they, in one sense, they have different scriptures than us, but at the same time, they, f- they follow many of our main scriptures. As I said, such as the Vedanta, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Puranas, of course, Itihasa, Mahabharata, Ramayana, and so on. But their approach to the scriptures, to the revelation, is a little bit different than ours. <coughs> so... Which is their approach? Well, basically, <laughs> their conception is I, we worship Vishnu, Narayan, and Vaikuntha. They are not focusing Krishna and Vrindavan. Their worship is predominated by what we call Aishvari. Yeah. Means the majestic aspect of God. To worship God, Meanwhile, you are aware you are worshipping God. In our school, our long-term goal is to worship Krishna in such a way that we are not aware that Krishna is God. It's a very particular theology, the one we have. As I said the other day, we take the, 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 the revelation, it says Krishna is the source of everything, cause of all causes, supreme Godhead, infinite, all this Aishwarya, all this greatness. But if you look at, at, at Vrindavan, for example, you look at Yashoda, and she's, she's running after Krishna with one stick in her hand. And she's not thinking, he's the absolute source of all everything, cause of all causes, no? She's, <laughs> she's feeling, she's my son and I have to educate him and sometimes I have even to chastise him so he may grow in a, as a proper human being. <laughs> so that's a very particular influence they have there. Uh, but well, again, in, in the Sri Sampradaya, the idea is we worship God. Vishnu, Narayan, Vaikuntha. He's overtly, very clearly God. He has four arms, 
<laughs> That's extraordinary. No? Just two more arms. It's like, where you are coming from? <laughs> That's in Sanskrit called Adokshaya, which means extraordinary. And Brindavan is called Aprakrita, which means it seems ordinary, but it's more extraordinary than the extraordinary in Vaikuntha. <laughs> This is what happened to Lakshmi herself once. The source of this Sampradaya. It is said that once Lakshmi, Lakshmi always recites perpetually at the feet of Narayan in Vaikuntha. She is his wife and she lives messaging his feet, serving him very diligently. But once, somewhere, somehow or other, she became interested in entering Vrindavan. I'm participating in the Rasa Lila with Krishna and the gopis. So she went to one forest in Vrindavan called Belvan and she started to practice very severe penance, tapasya, austerities. You can imagine, she's called Lakshmi or Mahalakshmi, the goddess of fortune, of opulence. So she had everything, <laughs> but she was just living in the banks of the Jamuna. Uh, barely eating or sleeping as under a tree with some torn cloth, white sari like this, eating some roots, the gods of fortune, such a big contrast. <laughs> so so one day Krishna appears walking nearby and she asks Lakshmi, Lakshmi, what are you doing here? <laughs> so he say, oh, I, I'm, pra- I'm practicing penance in order to enter Vrindavan. So Krishna said, but that's not the way to enter Vrindavan. That's not the method. Oh, so which is the method, she says. <laughs> so Krishna will say something that will like overwhelm Lakshmi. That will be too much for her. It's part of the Lila, of course. Because she says to Lakshmi, okay, in order to enter Vrindavan as a gopi and participate in Rasa Lila... You translate? Oh? I'm sorry. Can you, can you, can you, can you translate again? <laughs> Prema went to Vrindavan, to Vaikuntha. So, Lakshmi asked Krishna, no? so what's the method to enter there? No? And Krishna said, well, in order for you to enter Vrindavan as a gopi and participate in Rasa Lila, as you, as you say you want, first you have to do one thing. First, you have to leave your husband, Narayan. <laughs> so that's already for Lakshmi was like, what? <laughs> Second, <laughs> this is just the beginning. <laughs> Second, you have to go to Vrindavan, you have to marry some Gopa there. And third, you have to leave that Gopa and come to me. <laughs> so all this for Lakshmi was too much. Just to think about leaving Narayan, it was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because she had a very strong Abhiman. Abhiman means like ego. Ego in the sense of identity, not false ego. Identity. As the, I'm Lakshmi. I'm the eternal wife of Narayan. She's eternally there. She, did, she never became Lakshmi. She was always there. So for her it was impossible to conceive. I will stop being that. It's impossible. Like if you say to Yashoda, try to become something more than Yashoda. It's, it won't work. So she was not able to, to, to leave that idea of I'm Lakshmi. So she was not able to enter into Vrindavan. But it's okay. No? Because <laughs> in the case of Lakshmi, she's the wife of Narayan by Kunta. There's no problem with that identity. In our case, the problem is different because sometimes we don't want to leave some aspects of our, our identity uh, that we should be actually living in order to enter into a higher realm of service. So with this, my point is that Lakshmi and, and his Sampradaya, Lakshmi Sampradaya, Sri Sampradaya, mainly conceive the worship of uh, God in the, in the moods of Dasya in Vaikuntha, servitude in Vaikuntha. Hmm? 
So that's different to the other Vaishnava Sampradayas. But, and they conceive Krishna as an avatar of Vishnu. <laughs> they celebrate Janmasami like this, but always in the idea of, oh, Krishna is one particular avatar of God, Narayana. <laughs> but there's no problem with that. I mean, we shouldn't be feeling like negative towards them because they feel like this. <laughs> No, there is room for that in, in, in eternity. Because actually the ones who worship in that mood, in Sri Sampradaya, they go to Vaikuntha. Vaikuntha is a spiritual world. So there is an eternal place for those who think like that. So it must be correct in one point. <laughs> but there is also room for the ones who think, no, no, Narayan is an avatar of Krishna. We think like that. <laughs> Yeah? Some doubt? No, does she have a question too. I finish and you make the question. So, it's interesting because the Sri Vaishnava think Krishna is an avatar of Vishnu. So, if you are too fanatic, you will say, no, 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 it's impossible, you cannot think that. You are wrong, you are in Maya. (laughs) But, we will say, Vishnu is an avatar of Krishna, and they can have the same right to come to us and say, no, no, you are wrong, you are a fanatic, and it's the opposite. And both of, of both of us can prove, but can quote the scripture and present a logical argument for each one's no, idea. So there shouldn't be a problem with that, because in eternity both parties are there, living in their respective place. <coughs> So, maybe we are not too attracted to that mode of worship because of particular association we have received. And our, and our ideal is in a different direction. But we should be able to worship and respect all the different sampradayas and their messages and their acharyas. Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur in one of his temples, main ones, he has installed the murtis of the four main acharyas of the four Vaishnava Sampradaya. <clears throat> so again, no, they think Krishna is not God, Vishnu is God. <laughs> and at the end, we will agree with them. <laughs> because when we will arrive to Golok Vrindavan, <laughs> everyone there will be thinking like that. Krishna is not God. <laughs> Vishnu is God. <laughs> but in Vrindavan, the difference is that for them, Krishna is more important than God. <laughs> As I always say, no? in, in Nanda Maharaj, in his house, he's worshipping Vishnu in the altar, no? the Salagram Shila, he's worshipping God. But his mind, somewhere else. Krishna. When we worship the deity, sometimes it happens the same. We are worshiping, but our mind somewhere else, but not Krishna sometimes. <laughs> but in Vrindavan, they may be worshiping God, doing all this ceremony, but the only thing they are thinking is, Oh God, please protect my Krishna. Oh God, please show me where is Krishna. Oh, everything regarding Krishna. No. <laughs> as, the, as the pastime I shared the other time, no? when the gopis were looking for Krishna, and Krishna disappears, from the Rasa Lila and huh? <coughs> Krishna wants to play a joke to the gopis so he said I will manifest myself as Narayan with four arms <laughs> so the gopis are in total desperation looking for Krishna in separation and find one point of the path they meet Vishnu Narayan God four arms imagine try to imagine if you are walking in the street and find in one point you meet God in the street <laughs> but the gopis only had one question to present God no? so they saw God and they asked him uh, do you know where is Krishna? because you are God I mean, you are omniscient you, have, you must know we are looking for him we need to know where is he we are deep separation so now can, can I can be a little bit slower because it's too fast ok okay. so repeat this thing with yeah. they ask Krishna yeah, 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 I will repeat, yeah. So, 
I don't know which was the last part you translated. Like just the last sentences, the last few sentences. Okay. So the gopis were looking for Krishna, and Krishna appears in the way, in the path, dressed as God. <laughs> because Krishna is not God in one sense. Krishna is beyond God. <laughs> no? Actually, God is an aspect of Krishna. <laughs> Try to think about that. Krishna is not God. God is an aspect of Krishna. For us, in our theology, we have Vishnu Narayan, we have Krishna. Something more than God. God, when God wants to be Himself. God, when He wants to express Himself in the full freedom of intimacy. God at home, God barefoot, without shoes, out of the office. <laughs> so Krishna appeared like Narayan, four arms, and, and the gopis hmm, see Narayan, God, and the only thing they had to ask him is, Oh God, you are Sarvajna, you are omniscient. You are omnipresent, so you are everywhere. So can you please tell us where is Krishna now? <laughs> they didn't ask anything else. <laughs> so Krishna became like, totally like, overwhelmed by the gopi's attitude. And she was not able, he was not able to answer anything. So the gopis look at each other, and say, God is not answering. Let's keep looking for Krishna. <laughs> and Jayadis continue running looking for Krishna. <laughs> so, a very particular psychology. <laughs> so for, for, the, for the members of the Sri Sampradaya, this is too much. <laughs> huh? When in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, this is narrated. When Gopakumar arrives to Vaikuntha, Gopakumar loves Krishna as Madan Gopal, as a friend in Vrindavan. And he arrives to Vaikuntha, he sees Narayan, but actually with the eye, his eye of love, let's say, he doesn't see Narayan, he sees He's Madame Gopal. <laughs> so he shouts, Gopal! <laughs> Gopal in Vaikuntha. Gopal means cowherd. <laughs> and he starts to run, huh? trying to <laughs> embrace his friend. <laughs> but you can imagine nobody in Vaikuntha embraces Naraya. <laughs> Not even Lakshmi. Lakshmi is like. <laughs> Some masses, massage in the feet, but embrace. I mean, private, some embrace there, but not publicly. <laughs> Who knows even privately? But Gopakumar starts to run, a new, just a newcomer that just arrived to Vaikuntha and running to embrace Naraya. <laughs> so, again, this, this was too much for the Vaikuntha basis. And, and generally, Vaikuntha means no anxiety. But at that point, some anxiety was there. <laughs> so, Vaikuntha was no longer Vaikuntha for a while. <laughs> so, everyone in Vaikuntha asked Gopakumar, like, what are you doing? He's God. How can, I, how can you embrace him? <laughs> how can you call him Gopal? He's a coward. <laughs> so, Gopakumar quickly understood, well, this is not my place. <laughs> And he continued his journey. But he didn't offend the inhabitants of Vaikuntha. Because he realized they have prem, they have love also. It's not that in Vaikuntha everyone is afraid of Naraya. When we hear that there is awe and reverence, we may imagine, oh, they are all fearful of God. And we may be projecting our 
maybe Christian DNA to Narayan. No? And God is an old guy with bird and with a thunderbolt in hand. And but that's not Narayan. You never hear about Narayan like that. So they have a particular love for God there. Well, not everyone likes that that taste. He says we give the examples sometimes. Objectively speaking, hmm? objectively speaking, I don't know. <laughs> you are the one who speaks German. <laughs> I don't know. From a from an impartial point of view, that's easier. <laughs> no, from objectively speaking, the worship of Krishna is the sweetest. But subjectively speaking, not everyone will like so much sweet. <laughs> and do you follow? So I may say, okay, object, objectively, mango is the sweetest fruit. But subjectively, personally, I know, I may like orange <laughs> more. I say, but that's not so sweet. No, but I like most. <laughs> and there should be no problem. So in the same way, worship of Krishna is the sweetest, but not everyone likes sweet so much. So some may like to worship God in another type of taste. And we have no problem with that. There is room for every type of worship. So, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says something very nice once. He said, Every devotee will feel my relationship with God is the best. Not in a sectarian way, but in a natural way. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> and Krishna says, and everyone will be correct. <laughs> From their own perspective, everyone is right. <laughs> you follow the idea? Any children, any son will feel... Oh, my mom is the best. <laughs> and I always say, Oh, my mom is the best. <laughs> the point is that when you start quarreling, <laughs> and you try to convince every, every other children in the world, my mom is the best. That's a problem. <laughs> but you can feel in your heart, my mom, my guru, dev, whatever, uh, is the best. But you have to respect that others may be feeling something different. If they are not being offensive, there is no problem. <laughs> so that's the etiquette between Vaishnavs. Not trying to impose their faith on others, but actually to appreciate the different moods of faith and allow themselves to be nurtured by that in their own faith. As I said the other day, no? if, if one Vaishnav means meets, sorry, a disciple from another guru, <coughs> the etiquette will be not so much. Now you sit here about the glories of my guru. It's not the mood. <laughs> the mood will be, please, chant the glories of your guru Dev. <laughs> and by hear, hearing that, my, my faith in my guru Dev will be nurtured. <laughs> Of course, some maturity is required for obtaining such inspiration. But that's an idea. So in, the same way, in the same way, we should relate in a proper way with different sampradayas. And regarding the last part of the question, no, I, I wouldn't say that Sri Sampradaya is a sampradaya for ladies. <laughs> I mean, ladies can be there as well, no? of course. If some ladies inspired towards the worship of Narayan, there would be no problem there. 
but we have to understand no? when we speak about ladies and males this this doesn't have to do with what we could understand now as ladies and males Lakshmi is not a lady as we conceive the idea of lady <laughs> and the Kumars, Shiva and Brahma are not males that we think generally of males So in order to properly understand this, we have to transcend what is called Purusha Bhav, which means the enjoying spirit. If I still think of myself as the enjoyer, I won't be able to fully understand the others, each other's identity. And also we can say in our own Sampradaya, Gaudiya Sampradaya, well, in one sense Mahaprabhu is the main figure, but especially he's in the mood of Srimati Radharani. So actually, a lady is the one, the main one there. <laughs> once, once one devotee said, the worshippers of Vishnu are called Vaishnavas. The worshippers of Krishna are called Karshnas. And the worshippers of Radha are called Gaudias. <laughs> so actually our main worship is directed towards her, in one sense. No? Like the famous story where Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta was in Radha, at Radha Kunda. And one person was doing Dandavat Parikram around Radha Kunda. Oh, he was falling flat into the floor and circumambulating the whole lake like this. Take some time. <laughs> so, so some devotees were like appreciating that, saying, Oh, he has so much devotion for Sri Mati Radharani. And Prabhupada Tisanta said he knew the person. And he said, Yes, but. His approach to her is different from ours. He's worshipping Radha because he feels she is the favorite of Krishna. But we worship Krishna because we know he's the favorite of Radha. <laughs> the different degree of emphasis is there. So again, she's the supreme lady. So, again, the point is, this is not a, with this I'm not saying, oh, there's a supreme lady, more women can come to the movement, and man should go to the Rudra Sampradaya, not like that. Because in order to properly uh, join a Sampradaya, again, a Sampradaya is giving you Siddhanta. And one aspect of Siddhanta is you are nor man nor woman. <laughs> That's something that you hear mainly in the first day you join. So we have to transcend this dual identity in order to really be more and more members of the Sampradaya. Okay, some ideas. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have a question? Can, can we turn the lights on, please? The la luz, you comprende? Ah, oh, thank you.
diesen Gefallen zu mir. Ja, voll, in der materiellen Welt. In ja. der materiellen Welt. Aber diese neutral, spirituelle, materielle Welt, wir sind in der Mitte. Ja, ist wieder das Kürze Wort, der Mathieu Wort, einfach wie eine Mittel. So wie eine Mittel. Se viene el tema el otro día. Controversy part two. <laughs> Okay, uh, oh, this is a long topic, and many things are, are can be said on that regard. <clears throat> so I'll share a particular perspective briefly that is found in the scriptures. <laughs> it's not my own perspective created by myself, of course. But this is what it said in the Veda, Vedanta, Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita, Chaitanya Charitamrita, the Goswami's books. So, there are different theories about the origin of the soul. So, some are of the idea, following some statements of Srila Prabhupada, Some of our idea of we fall from the spiritual world. Because he sometimes says that in some, not in the books, but in some conversations, walks like this. But in his books, <laughs> he very clearly said, no one falls from Vaikuntha. So it's interesting because in his books, that are the main authority, he never said we are falling. But in some particular cases and conversations, he says we fall. <laughs> so how to harmonize that? Srila Rupa Goswami says that when you find two opposite statements in the scripture, you just cannot pick, you, you cannot pick the one that you like the most. <laughs> But you have to harmonize to understand why this was said here, why this was said here. And there are many of these statements. <laughs> As I said the other day, the example in the Bhagavad Gita. In the beginning of the Gita, Krishna says, follow your Dharma. At the end of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, leave all Dharma. You say, what? <laughs> but in the middle of those verses, two verses, you have almost 600 verses. <laughs> so, so we have to read all of them to put everything in proper context. Hmm? So in this case, Prabhupada said to some people, we fall from Golok Vrindavan. But he said the opposite also. And no one, well, no one before him said that we fall from Golovrindal. So some people was of the idea that, well, this was a new revelation to Prabhupada. <laughs> so from now, from now on, we start to fall from Golovrindal because Prabhupada said. <laughs> but that's not the way to harmonize something. <laughs> If all the previous acharyas say something different, <coughs> you you won't be thinking Prabhupada is going against them. It's impossible. He repeated over and over again, uh, whatever I have uh, did is because I've tried to follow my previous acharyas. But <laughs> when we try to preach, sometimes we may present some preaching strategies. Preaching strategy means I won't say all the truth at once. Because I understand that the audience is not capable for that. So I will give it in small doses. 
Like I said the other day, when when the child asks her, her mom, mom, how how I was born? <laughs> the child is two years. <laughs> he cannot understand the whole process. So mother will say, some bird put you in the chimney and you came. <laughs> and the child is happy with that answer. Oh, nice. <laughs> but after some years, he will need a new level of explanation. And so many other examples like that. No? For example, you have Buddha. Who is Buddha? Krishna. But what's the preaching of Buddha? God doesn't exist. And he is God. Is God pray, preaching? There is no God. Imagine. Wow. <laughs> Extreme preaching strategy. It was the necessity of the moment. <laughs> After that came Shankaracharya with Shiva. Topmost Vaishnav, but saying Brahman is the goal. <laughs> Another preaching strategy. After that came Vyasadev, and he presented the Mahabharata, the Vedas, but he mainly emphasized fruitive activities. But his intention was to take the people to Bhakti. But he had to speak about other things to take our attention. <laughs> For example, in the Mahabharata, you will find romance, intrigue, politics, like a whole Netflix series. <laughs> you will be wanting to know what's the next chapter, what will come after this. So, just catch your attention with that. But his intention is to take us to the essence of Mahabharata, which is Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> so, preaching a strategy again. <laughs> so, Prabhupada also presented some preaching strategy. Because, try to imagine, he was landing in a new planet. <laughs> Living in India, Vrindavan, at that time. Because now India is more like Western countries. <laughs> but at that time it was... And suddenly, appearing in a whole different constellation. <laughs> so he made so many adjustments. But all these adjustments were really like the work of a genius. And because of these adjustments, so much success was, was there. And we are the byproduct of that. We are here because of that also. <laughs> so at some point he said to some devotees, yeah, you fall from Golok Vrindavan. <laughs> Not to all, but to some. Hmm? To those that he, feel, he felt they won't be able to understand the real truth. Hmm? Like the example of the man with the child. Hmm? Later I will tell you the real answer, but now, this. <laughs> because he wanted his disciples to focus on certain things at that time. And maybe, if not, they will become too entangled in thinking too much about something they were not able to understand. But after that, of course, he gave the connection with Bhaktivakaksi Dattir Goswami Maharaj. And and we find him a different idea, not that we fall from Golobrinda. So, but going to your question, no, we didn't see Krishna yet. Of course, we are seeing him now, but in one sense we are not really still fully seeing him. <laughs> he is mainly seeing us. <laughs> And, and that's a lot. <laughs> Yesterday we were speaking about that. When we face the deity, we shouldn't think, hmm? I am the Drishta. Hmm? Drishta means the one who is seeing. But I am Drishya, the one who is being seen. 
I don't have eyes to see yet. Premanjana chudita bhakti vilochanena, says Brahma. When your eyes have been like, uh, like painted with this salve of love, you will be able to really see. And for that we praise Rigur, Omagyana Timiranda Sya, like this. I'm blind, but by the grace of Guru, I start to see. So Krishna is like the sun. So the point is, if you never have seen the sun before, when you are in front of the sun, you will really see, oh, this is the sun. Only the the exception to that is if you are blind. (laughs) If you are blind, you may be in front of the sun, but you are not feeling anything. So, the thing that blinds us are offenses. So we should be very careful of not committing aparad. Because if we are committing aparad, the sun may be in front of us, Krishna may be there, Guru may be there, the grace, the, the mercy of them may be there, but I won't be seeing them because I'm blind to them. So, so no, actually we have not yet seen Krishna. <laughs> because again, to see Krishna means to have love for Krishna. That's the eye to see Krishna. <laughs> you don't see Krishna with these eyes. You see Krishna through the eyes of love. So we don't have Prem Bhakti yet. That's the goal of life. <laughs> Again, in one sense, we are seeing Krishna already in the form of Guru, Prasad, Harinam, Deity, so many manifestations of God. But in order to finally really see them, we have to develop pure love for God. So we are in that engagement now, trying to get closer and closer to that Because imagine, if you really have seen Krishna 108%, (laughs) most probably you won't be able to see anything else. (laughs) If you really have darshan of the all-attractive, I mean, everything else is below that. (laughs) So why we are so attracted still to this world and so many other things? If you have really seen Krishna, you will only have eyes for more of that. <laughs> That's what happened in the scripture is described like this. It is said that at the stage of Baba Bhakti, pre previous Supreme Bhakti, one stage before, Vishwanachakavarti Thakur describes in Baba Bhakti. Krishna shows himself to the devotee. He gives like a momentary glimpse of his darshan. So the devotee, with all his senses, enters in touch with Krishna. What? Try to imagine that. <laughs> of course, with all his senses means with all his spiritualized senses, purified body, at Bhava Bhakti. Remember, Baba Bhakti means ecstasy. The dawn, dawn, you say in English, when the sun is appear, appearing, dawn. Yeah, dawn. Dawn of love of God. Baba, yeah, Prem means the sun. <laughs> and Baba means the dawn. The, you are seeing the first rays. No, sun is coming. <laughs> Here comes the sun. As <laughs> George Harrison sang. Uh, So, so when Baba comes, you have real emotions for Krishna, intense emotions. And this ecstasy starts to affect all the elements of your body. It is said that Baba starts to move inside the body through pran, through the vital air. 
and it starts to affect fire, water, earth, air. So when Baba touches the water element, tears start to appear. The water element becomes ecstatic. Like turns. A waterfall. <laughs> when water touches the fire element, the ecstasy, sorry, touches the fire element in your body, you start to perspire. Perspire? Sweat. Heat. The temperature changes. The color of your body changes. So like this, all the different elements become affected by the ecstasy. So with that affected body, <laughs> imagine Krishna shows to you fully. For one moment, but fully. <laughs> so with your eyes, you drink his, the beauty of his form. With your touch, you feel the, the softness of his skin. With your nose, you smell no? his fragrance. With your ears, you hear his words and flutes. <laughs> so, uh, it is a, this one say, at that point, the devotee collapses, <laughs> faints. He loses consciousness, and he re- when he returns, <clears throat> he has only one question again: Where is Krishna? <laughs> he cannot. L- he cannot look for anything else. This is what happened to Pariksit Maharaj. Pariksit Maharaj was in the womb of his mother, Uttara. And you remember, some, someone tried to send one Brahmastra huh, to kill him. Ashwatthama. So, Krishna entered the womb of Uttara and covered the embryo. And at that point, Pariksit saw Krishna <laughs> in, the, in the womb. What, what, does, well, what must be that? Huh? To see Krishna in the womb? <laughs> so it is said that he went out of the womb and he was only looking for that person he saw in the womb. Because of that, the name Pariksit. Pariksha. Ikshit or Iksha means to look. And Pari means in all directions. So he was looking in all directions, <laughs> inquiring from every person, asking from every person if that if that person was the one he saw in the womb. <laughs> so when you see Krishna, try to imagine what must be that you stop seeing Krishna. <laughs> Just to see Krishna is too much. Now try to imagine what will happen when you stop seeing Krishna. That's too much. <laughs> because of that, Mahaprabhu says, in Sikshastakam, seventh verse, he says, without you, Govinda Birahename, in separation from Govinda, Sunjaitam Jagat Sarvam. The whole world looks empty to me. Without Krishna, there's nothing here. <laughs> the Bhagavatam, there are many verses like this. You know, when Krishna left Vrindavan, again, the inhabitants of Vrindavan were feeling the same way. Everything was devoid of meaning. <laughs> so, I'm saying all this because of what I said before. If, if we had really seen Krishna before, then <laughs> we now should be totally mad and desperate trying to look, see him again. But we are not in that mood. <laughs> we are mad and desperate because <laughs> we want to see something else apart from Krishna. <laughs> so that it means we never saw Krishna. <laughs> but we have to understand no? all the things so we may develop the, the desire someday. No? And actually, actually, we don't want to see Krishna. We want to serve Krishna. <laughs> For us, serving Krishna is seeing Krishna. That's an important point. No? Because you can see Krishna, but if you do not want to serve Him, 
quando si lascia ammalarsi dad già in closing si ammalarsi if Krishna comes someday in front of me <laughs> I will say to him <laughs> wait a moment I will ask my Gurudev if you are the person he was speaking to me about <laughs> like 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 implying with that my Gurudev is the personification of service to Krishna Sri Guru is the personification of love for Krishna so I only want to approach Krishna through that channel through the channel of Seva of love that is personified in certain personalities As you see, when Krishna left Vrindavan, all the Brajabhasis were internally absorbed in remembering him, in chanting about him, in, in serving him in separation. And they were seeing him in their hearts. They were having these sporties or <laughs> revelations. Yashoda will cook every day for Krishna. And uh, every time she cooked the offering, the offering was empty after some time. So she started to feel, I, I, I'm crazy. I cooked. No, there's nothing in the plate now. Maybe I'm so mad that Krishna is not here, that I thought that I cooked, but actually I never cooked. So I will cook again. <laughs> so like this many times. <laughs> no? But once Krishna says, no? when Uddhava went to Vrindavan as a messenger, Krishna was out of Vrindavan. And he said, no, tell, please tell my mom <laughs> that every time the, 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 the plate is, is emptied, I am going there actually, I'm eating everything she's preparing for me. She's not hallucinating. I'm going there actually. <laughs> so. And, and Jasoda sees Krishna, she feels Krishna, but at the same time she says, no, no, how can I see Krishna? Krishna is outside, he's in, in Dwarka. But I'm seeing Krishna. No, I must be crazy. <laughs> she concludes. And Krishna says, no, no, you are not crazy. You are seeing me, I'm going there. You love me, I'm there. I mean, I'm only where love is. I'm, no, I'm, I'm nowhere else. Krishna says, Oh Narada, I'm not in Vaikuntha, I'm not in Vaikuntha, I'm not in the heart of the yogis, I'm only there where one or more of, me, of my devotees are singing about me with love. That's my place of residence. So again, no? We are not interested in seeing Krishna, but in serving, loving Krishna. And by doing that, we will really see Krishna. To see God is to love God. <laughs> and to see every any person is to love the person. As much as I love you, I know you. If we can, because we can try to know someone mentally, intellectually but we never got to the person really <laughs> only when there is real affection sincere honest affection you can know the other person so the idea is we may develop those relationships between us so, because how can we speak about loving Krishna and seeing Krishna <laughs> if between ourselves we are relating from a very different side Krishna won't be pleased with that so first we have to start between the, the family let's say and that will prepare us to approach higher and higher realms so, some ideas there are much more to say about the origin of the soul, but not the moment now. <laughs> Already eight. So, 
We are in time frame, or? Yeah. Generally, yeah. You, you, you finish at this time. Or okay, that usually is from 6.30 to 7.30. Okay, we are almost far off time. Okay, so we... Yeah. We have like three more days yeah. no? in the evening, so if there are more questions, we can continue speaking these days. Yes. Yeah? Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, so, thanks so much to you for coming. Shila Gurudev Patita Pavana Ki Jai, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Shri Shri Guru Gauranga Gandharvika Govinda Sundaram Ki Jai, Shripad Bhakti Rakak Swami Maharaj Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanand Ki Jai.